Welcome back into another episode of Chasing 69, a New York Jets podcast. Today is Friday, December 30th. Teddy, we're sending the fans into the fans, like I said, the listeners into a uh, weekend, New Year's Eve weekend. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode. Before I get to Teddy, make sure to follow us on Twitter at NYJ underscore Chasing 69. Same as the YouTube channel, Teddy at Teddy Huncho. I am at Spring Blake with four A's. Teddy, we've got a lot to get into today. Obviously, we're a week removed from the Jets' Thursday night football loss to the Jacksonville Jaguars at 19-3, but the season is still alive, so we'll get into all of that. Talk about the, uh, I guess, give the official funeral to Zach Wilson, although we probably could have done that two months ago, and then preview the upcoming game in just a few days with the Seattle Seahawks. Before we get to all of that, how was your Christmas? How are you doing? I miss you. How have you been? What up? I'm doing good. I miss you, too. Um... No, good Christmas, you know, saw the family. Uh, my girlfriend, Hannah, she got the flu. Last year, she got COVID, so we live in that life. Did I not tell you that? No, I didn't know she got um, the flu. That's terrible. Yeah, yeah. so we kind of, we did some stuff, but the, the days before were a little um, lacking. But that's all right, you know, we'll get through it. Uh, two, two Christmases in a row now, we've done that. But, like you said... The main thing uh, really was that Jags game last Thursday. I was like fully prepared to come in this week to record and, you know, kind of give the the goodbye to the Jets, you know, the, the hey, good season. You're probably not going to make the playoffs. I think we had like a nine percent chance after we lost that game, something like that. And I basically was just like, it's not going to happen. Um, I even remember texting you guys, you and uh, a couple of our other buddies in a group chat being like, I can't believe the Jets had to end their season just a few days before Christmas, you know, but then on Christmas, what, what do you know? The freaking, the freaking football gods give it to us and, and everything that needed to happen happened. And all of a sudden the Jets are, are in a much, I mean, they're basically where they were two weeks ago where they got to win these next two games and they need the Patriots to lose one. And, you know, then we're in. So that is a Christmas miracle in itself. And, I'm pretty amped about it, despite the like shitty loss that we had, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, the game itself was disgusting. And we'll talk about that in the offense and Zach as well, too. But you're right. This team is in a position now where it's just control your own shit. You need, obviously, Miami to lose one of their upcoming games. Um, but they have got, you know, what's actually they New England. Sorry, the New England. Can, sorry, because Miami is going to be playing us in week 18. But you need New England to lose. Um, and they've got the Dolphins and then the Bills coming up. So you need them to lose one of those two. And hopefully Buffalo is still playing for something in week 18. But then the Jets control their destiny with Seattle yep. and Miami. And we're sitting pretty in that seventh wildcard spot after, you know, going. What is it? Is it now two and six over the last eight or is it still two and five? Now, I believe it's two. It's two and six. Um, I think two and six. We've lost five in a row, which is crazy, right? Crazy to be in this yeah, situation not... and still be staying at the 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 final wildcard spot or right around it yeah is it maybe it's only four in a row let me see i can't I'll remember pull it up. i'm doing the same um but no yeah it's been nuts and and the one thing that does kind of stink one two three four we beat the bears loss so to the patriots yeah five out of the last six yeah and six out of the last eight maybe I don't know. Math is hard. Yeah, math is hard. But we've been losing a lot. And we were doing really well. And now we are not doing as well. Um, what was I just about to say? Oh, the one thing about the playoff scenarios that that is unfortunate is like, if you told me 
you know, the beginning of the season, okay, you're going to need the Patriots to lose to the Dolphins. Or if you told me halfway through the season, you're going to need the Patriots to lose to the Dolphins and the Bills, you know, that sounds good to me. The Dolphins and the Bills have been better. But we got the Dolphins, who they're on a downswing. Tua's out again, which, you know, we are not the biggest Tua people, but who's their backup? Who's starting for him? Do you know? Teddy Bridgewater, your boy. Oh, Teddy, a former Jet. Yeah, so we got we got Teddy Bridgewater going up against the Patriots this week, so that's not looking great. And then there is that that world that the uh, the Bills don't play a full game on in Week 18. So, you know, I'm a little nervous, definitely. It's it's an uphill battle, which is what happens when you lose this as many games as we have. Um, but the fact we're still alive is awesome. And it's a great way to kind of give us this like positive spin. Um, because as we talk about this Jets Jags game, there really wasn't a ton of positives that you saw. Um, and I mean, if you're cool that I just want to dive right in, go right ahead. But, but basically like this Jets game to me was very interesting because it was the most that I thought felt like I have in preview it's the most like same old Jets that the Jets had been this entire yeah. season to me um which you know it's not like it's our first loss of the season it's not like it's our first offensive stinker you know you think about what was another yeah. terrible game um you had the week before with Zach where he was also terrible uh when we played the Lions and you obviously have that second Patriots game where we only put up three points the entire game but even those, you know, the defense is still out there looking pretty great. Um, I don't know. It just it, it wasn't like a full fledged. The Jets are are a joke, you know, but of course, here we were on primetime and not only was our offense inept, you know, Zach Wilson couldn't get anything done. But, you know, constantly throughout the game, I was thinking to myself that this is it was the worst our defense had played the entire uh, season. I mean, do you did, did you kind of agree with that? Like, because to me, this was a very it just seemed like they could do whatever they wanted. And they were just consistently driving down the field, driving down the field. I mean, yeah. clearly they they. Some of those were field goals. A lot of them were field goals and not touchdowns. But I mean, they put together, I think, five scoring drives and we just four of them. They were only field goals, you know, which was great. But at the same time, it it it, it felt like the score could have been 30 to zero when it was. 16 to zero or 16 to three or whatever it was. Yeah. The, the defense certainly did its job when it closed into the red zone and got closer to, uh, to the end zone there. So you have to give them a little bit of credit for holding still. And that's really the mantra of this defense is bend, don't break, but to your credit, what you're saying here is the Jags did have a pretty easy day. Um, and a lot of it comes into something that we have said, that's kind of haunted this jets defense, uh, the last month, it almost feels like is all this misdirection, you know, it almost, I believe it might've been the first or second drive, but on a, uh, it might've been a third and short or whatever. They ran that same kind of tight end slip that the lions did. Yep, yep. Evan Ingram rips off like a 30 yard reception. And it's just, you know, it was almost like ETN in the first half, Evan Ingram throughout the game. Both guys were just causing headaches. And look, to the Jags' credit, they do have playmakers there. You know, ETN's a really good running back. They have good wide receivers. Uh, and obviously, Evan Ingram, the last month or so, has come on as like one of these, like, just great. You know, he was always tabbed as this hybrid kind of almost like a Kyle Pitts if you think about it before yeah. Kyle Pitts he was tabbed as this like great you could basically make him a slot wide receiver because of his athleticism but he still is at the end of the day a body of a tight end so he did he's you know come on strong and him and Lawrence have got on a really good rhythm together and so he had a great day but you're right the, the Jags offense did move up and down the field 
if you you take away those field goals and you turn to touchdowns, this is an even uglier game. So at least, you know, they held up when they got closer um, to their end zone. But yeah, it did seem like the Jacks for the most part had a pretty easy day. And then the other thing, I guess I would push and kind of say when you're always, when you're giving the ball back on three and outs after three and out after three and out, the defense is going to wear down at a certain point. So that's tough to deal with on a, on a, and not even just on a basis of today on a basis of the last couple of weeks. No, yeah, and I'm happy you went there because that was my exact next point um, where I did feel like the defense could have been playing better, and I truly did feel like it, it seemed like their worst game. But like you said, at the end of the day, they did kind of hold up and and get it done, you know, and allowed less than 20 points, which should be a winning formula in the NFL. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I think that cannot be undersold is this idea of like, when the offense is getting nothing going and the defense is going out there, having a long drive, coming off the field, and then right away is going back out there, and that's just constantly happening throughout the entire game, I mean, it's not going to be – you're not going to hold up over and over and over and over again. You know what I mean? It's just not going to happen. You're going to get fatigued. They're going to kind of get into a rhythm. Um, and I think that's kind of – that's been a reason why I've cut this Jets defense some slack in other in other games this season where it seemed like, you know, maybe they could have played a little better, but kind of the same thing. They're still holding us holding these teams to to low amounts of points, usually under 20 points. So I started with the defense because the real story is this offense. Um, and I think, you know, you had kind of kind of preface this, but but the idea that this was like Zach Wilson's funeral you know, we knew before this that Zach Wilson has not been playing well, has not been good, has not been a competent quarterback. And I mean, last week we were on this podcast and I said, do I think it's going to happen? No, but the opportunity is there for Zach Wilson to, to do something to resurrect his career. And I mean, what we got was the same exact thing that we've now seen for two years. And what I really think it comes down to is Zach Wilson and the reason why it's like you can't even give this dude any more shots is what like he takes the ball, makes his read, right? And like he doesn't do anything. Like regardless of whether he's, you know, reading one or reading one, two, three, like if you don't make a any decision, you know, whether it's the correct decision or the wrong decision, if you just don't make a decision and just hold the ball and don't know what to do, you're going to be fucked. And that part of that is that like he has to throw receivers open, not just only throw to open receivers, but it's like the offense doesn't work when he's in there because he's not running it because the ball gets snapped and he doesn't he doesn't make a decision, you know, and it's just like you're never going to get any rhythm. You're never going to get anything going because you don't even know how to just run like the fundamental basic offense that you you that's like you have to just throw the ball at some point. You know what I mean? Like you have to give these dudes a chance. And then when he does, a lot of times he just completely misses. And like it's just it's just been consistent. It's been so bad, so bad. Like he is done. I'm honestly kind of happy that this season worked out the way it did because these last this two game audition we just gave Zach Wilson, you know, he failed. He got an F, like a bad F, like close to a zero. And, you know, I think this really does just give give that jet like give the Jets that opportunity to say, all right, we're moving on. We're going to try to Josh Rosen you and get something for you. 
Um, and I think that's reflected in the decision, you know, to have, a, uh, obviously Mike White's going to be starting this week, but then I believe Joe Flacco is now the backup and Zach Wilson is again inactive. So, I mean, that's the story right there. It's over for this kid. It is. It is. And I, I think I said this even when he came back um, for the Detroit game is I, I didn't believe that that two weeks away and being inactive and being the practice squad quarterback was going to fix anything. When you take a look at just his process and what he looks like when he's under center, it is that of a broken quarterback. And I, I hate to pull it because it's a it's a haunted term and it's a funny joke that everybody poked at Sam Darnold for when he said it, but it truly is like Zach Wilson just needs a field of ghosts out there. Like he truly from a mental perspective is just missing some of the key things that just make quarterbacking easy. Um, mm-hmm. And, and, you know, it's unfortunate that he had to like, I understand he wanted this audition and this opportunity to come back to him. He needs a full reboot. And, and you know, we'll, we have a ton of time into this off season and into, you know, free agency and all that to talk about the future of the jets at quarterback here. I I've seen some reports that say, Hey, maybe you keep Zach Wilson on the roster next year. You bring in a vet and he's the backup to me. This is one of those situations where it is soured in such a bad way. You need to cut ties as quick as you can. I, I don't think there's any situation. And, and yes, the value isn't going to be there right now, but I think just of how ugly things have kind of teetered off, Because look, everybody's keeping a really positive face about it. Robert Sala is saying everything that he needs to. He says, we're going to give that guy a chance as long as he's wearing a Jets uniform. We're not giving up on him. He still has a future here in New York. And Zach has, you know, stayed mostly pretty quiet. I think he's been a little bit more humbled now ever since his first experience where he was like, I didn't let the team down. But you can tell behind that layer where they are keeping a positive front for everybody because that's what they should do. This is a team. It's an organization. You're trying to build something strong here. That's what you should say behind it. There's fractures all around. I don't see any situation in which Robert Sala or this team wants him on the roster heading into next season. And I also don't see why Zach Wilson wants to be here either. Now he hasn't earned the right to demand a trade and whatnot, but you can see that this thing isn't going to, I I just don't see a situation in which he can be kept on the roster as like a kind of like a Baker Mayfield where we're going to keep you around and maybe we'll cut you or we'll trade you over. If somebody needs you right before the start of the season to an injury, I think you need to, remove any possibility that he ever steps onto the field as a quarterback for the New York jets as, as soon as you can. Yeah. I, I, I don't disagree with you really. I think where we differ, which I think is probably surprising where we both started, but, but I, like, I'm more, I'm more like this guy's like dead and buried. Like, like he, to me, it's kind of like the Sam Darnold thing where, you know, some team, is going to give Sam Darnold a chance, right? Yeah. And Sam Darnold, you know, say, say what you want about what he's been doing lately. They've been winning games, you know, but he still has not really looked like a competent, good quarterback. Surprisingly, he's looked better than Zach Wilson um, and has been able to just do those simple things of like running an offense. But the thing, like to me, and I look at Zach Wilson, I'm like, I want him completely off the jets because I don't see the point. Like I don't, he just got benched for Chris Streveler. You know what I mean? Like he, he is, he is not at least right now at the level of like a guy who should be on the roster, which I think is, you know, a bit appalling and also just like sad. Crazy. Um, So sad. Of course, there's that opportunity where, you know, a full reset, he goes somewhere else. He's not in the New York market. He's able to kind of settle down. He's able to, to figure out those fundamental issues that he has um 
Do I think it's possible that happens in New York? No, just because I don't believe even if he ever did get the chance to start again, we would not have the patience to kind of allow him to do that. Um, but I just, I, it, to me, it's just kind of like one of those things where I've just in, I don't think Zach Wilson will ever play for the jets again. I don't really think he'll ever like start an NFL game again. And if he does, I think, you know, you're just going to see this again. And, you know, I think, I think he's going to really end up being one of these big, big busts. Um, and yeah, I just, I think that the answer is to get rid of him now simply because you might as well get some value before, you know, it goes down to zero. Right. I, I think this was, I, I, my point is mostly coming from, I heard Connor Hughes do about a minute and a half or a two minute Twitter clip where he was like, there's a chance that because, because Douglas throughout his entire tenure waits for the best value. And if you're thinking about the best value to give away a quarterback, it's when there's injuries or there's a team that's heading into the season True. very thin at the position. I am just of the mindset that the relationship is so soured at this point where there is, there is no keeping him around for that. I think if you can get a seventh round pick tomorrow, you go and do it just to get it out and, and move on with. Um, I do personally believe uh, there we're going to see him play in another NFL game. There have been so many bad quarterbacks we to will. suit up and play football. He will be around and, and hopefully it's, it's far enough away where he can kind of, figure out whatever has kind of vanished in his style of play the last two years. But um, I'm just, I, I think we, we both agree in the sense that his days with the jets are done and he probably doesn't step onto the field, but I'm just saying I, I, for the sake of what this team is trying to build and being finally in this positive direction, at least with the majority of the roster coaching staff and front office, something like this, I, I just, you have to separate yourself entirely from as soon as you can. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think like it, let's say you kept him around, you know, and okay, we didn't get the value we wanted. We're going to keep him as a backup. He's not going to be your second stringer. Like he's no. not. And, and, and then, you know, it's just, that's why it's like, okay, they offer you a seventh rounder, take it like any value, take it because we're done with the guy. God forbid he is QB three on a, on a death chart heading, heading into 2023. And then all of a sudden you've got two injuries again. Like what, what right, do you do at right. that point? Just like you this year, just like last can't... year. You can't give yourself any chance that he sees the football field in the New York Jets jersey again. Man, what a crazy, crazy. world we live in. Crazy. I, I'm starting, you know, so I don't know if we have the audience for this. I guess I haven't really uh, done any analytics on our audience's interests. But, you know, in Harry Potter, where the uh, the defense against the dark arts teacher, it's like a cursed position. Right. Yeah. And so like no oh. one lasts more than a year. Interesting. Like that's where I'm at with Jets quarterbacks. Like I just I it and what's funny is like you think I've been a Jets fan for you know 12, 13 years now, and you really think about it, it's not like we've had a ton of like tries and fails, but I mean in that 12 year period, you have Mark Sanchez, you have Geno Smith. Um, there's a couple lower tier guys, but then you have Sam Darnold and then you have Zach Wilson, like that's four times in my Jets fandom that we've tried this, you know, picking, uh, I guess Gino was a second rounder, but, but picking, you know, a, a high draft pick quarterback and just like failing, you know, and like not providing them. Um, and that's shitty. So I'm kind of just ready to like, just get me someone who can just play quarterback at, at any level and we'll deal with a rookie some other time. I, I understand you saying that. 
Uh, you need uh, we have a lot of time to talk about this sell me on him sell me no 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 (laughs) i'm not selling you on anybody i'm about to tell you like they need just from my experience as a colts fan when you have a really young team with a lot of key stars at top positions you need to figure out the quarterback fucking quick you need to figure it out as soon as possible because the next the last thing you want to do is give one year of jimmy garoppolo followed by a year of Derek carr Followed by you develop some rookie that that over two years, like you need to figure it the fuck out now, because one of these days you got to pay big Q. You got to pay Garrett Wilson, sauce Gardner, all of these guys, Elijah Vera Tucker. This is such an important off season to figure out the quarterback position, because as I've seen in Indianapolis, I mean, we had a fucking young loaded roster and we missed on quarterback four years in a row. And now we're picking five. And it's yeah. just one of those things where like, I, I understand Derek Carr, if you look at his stats, he's, you know, some of the, what, eight of his seasons are in the top, like, 10 <laughs> of Jets passing yeah. yards. I'm sorry. I What I've seen from Derek Carr this past year, he isn't he, he isn't solving anything in, in New York. If you're trying to build around this core and put it in a Super Bowl window, figure out the quarterback now and figure it out with a top top tier option, because if you can't, I mean, it, it, it vanishes quickly and, and you're going to be sitting here four years from now just being like, I can't believe we have spent three years trying to figure out this damn quarterback position and we've wasted what we had in a young window with a lot of good players on some pretty cheap contracts. Yeah, I mean, you're right. And especially if if they want to win the Super Bowl, that's that's kind of what they got to do. But what my my only argument is like, they need somebody yeah, to be the quarterback. Of course, and if the of best option is Derek Carr, that's been kind of a fun little, like we don't have to spend a ton ton of time on this, but that's been kind of yeah. a little like fun argument on Twitter of the week is like, it has what would you think if Derek Carr was the Jets quarterback? And like, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with all the people saying like, you know, he's not the guy that's going to make the biggest difference. He's, you know, has good receivers, good running back and still has struggled, whatever. But it's like you look at what we've had with Zach Wilson and and even Sam Darnold. And it's like there if Derek Carr was on this Jets team this year and started 18 games, I mean, we're most likely a, an 11 team win already or 10 team win already, like 10 win yeah. team already. Like it's just the this jets team has not been far off and they were actually able to win a ton of games with them so i definitely agree with you we need to figure out the answer at quarterback but you know every team wants to figure out the answer at quarterback yeah. and it's not always yeah, yeah. available for you so so we'll see that but i do you know you are right that we'll have a fun little off season talking about all this oh. because this is kind of we're shifting from the you know we're building we're building hopefully we're a couple years away to where it's like if we don't hit now, we're going to fail. Like, as opposed to where it's like, okay, if we don't hit now, we have some time to figure it out. That's that's the thing. The window starts now. This is the Jets Super yeah. Bowl window. As crazy as it sounds to being, you know, just outside. No, the it is. Roster, this roster, the way it is constructed, this is the window because guys are going to need to get paid and guys are going to regress. Like, you have the next two to three years to really put yourself in Super Bowl contention. And eventually, as you get there and you get that, um, you know, repetitive success guys are going to want to join the jets free agency is going to be a little bit easier for for you know new york to bring in guys when they see the culture that's going on but in terms of the roster as it is now like you need a quarterback to come in next year and put this team in 
divisional round AFC title range with a ceiling of getting to the Super Bowl because like I said, from the from a Colts fan experience, we had a really good roster and we missed on quarterback too many times and were terrible this year. So it like it it vanishes quickly. So you really got to make the most yeah. of it. And and exhaust all options. I, this is the last thing I guess I'd say is like you not only need to go in and get a veteran quarterback to be the starter next year, you need to take a guy in the mid rounds. You know, there's going to be some developmental projects in this draft class. Anthony Richardson out of Florida is one. There's some other guys in day two or three that are like, okay, maybe we give them two years and they can grow into something. I'm just saying, if you, if you're going to bring in Derek Carr, that cannot be your only answer. You need to find ways to really load up the depth of that QB depth chart. So that way, if, if Derek Carr is a one or a two year rental, you're not completely just searching for answers off season after off season. Yeah, and I guess where I'll end is is as simple. I'll just put it out, out there where I stand. Um, and I used to make fun of people who who had this this thought and this hope. But the best case scenario, go and give every single penny you have. Cut Lawson and Corey Davis if you have to. Go spend every single penny you have to get Lamar Jackson to come be on your oh. football team. Oh, yeah. Or trade yeah, for yeah. him if they sign and trade him or whatever. That would be fucking awesome. Um, also... I'm not giving up on Mike White yet. And maybe that's not as the as the Super Bowl contender quarterback, but truthfully, if if we're going to go into next season saying a guy like Derek Carr or Jimmy Garoppolo or even like a Ryan Tannehill, if we're going to go into next year saying these are guys that we're targeting that we feel is our best case, you know, you really have to do your homework on what you believe and and kind of show your convictions on where you stand on Mike White because you know, we haven't yet seen enough to know for sure, but he has shown enough in the games he's been out there to at least say there's a possibility he could at least be to that level. You know, and you think about a guy like Kirk Cousins, who wasn't drafted to be the starting quarterback, but became it. Even Tom Brady, you know, the greatest of all time, guys like that. There's a world where Mike White is our best option starting a quarterback this year or next year. I think that these next two weeks are going to be, you know, his kind of, biggest audition yet first time he's faced real pressure in his career um but i'm not i'm not in any way burying mike white and saying there's no chance that that's not where we're at next year not at all not at all because he's shown a a a functionality to run this offense and you're right just like zach wilson was given the last two weeks you know mike white's had the opportunity and he's made the most of it so far but these final two weeks seattle and miami this is like hey man show us what you got get us into the seventh seed and see if we can make some noise in the playoffs because we do have a damn good team around you um i'm just gonna throw it out there too just one last thing because you mentioned lamar you know, you know, you know, you know that I am all for if Lamar is in Baltimore, that next target needs to be Aaron Rodgers. And I just that's all I'm going to say. Two to three years, finish off his contract and his career in New York. I'll just I'm going to I'm just going to sit back and say it. He yeah. would be fucking electric. <laughs> I'm just it's I, I'm not the biggest Rodgers guy. I know. I know. That's but, why I was, I was like, I'm just going to say it and dip. He's still just like you know, good. He's Aaron Rodgers, And he's like one guy who, I mean, obviously he, you could say that about anyone who's had the success he's had, but also the personality he has, like the New York market's not getting to Aaron Rodgers. you know, like Fuck he, no. he struggles a few games. He's like, all right, guys, like, let's just relax. relax. I'll figure it out. And did you know, Aaron Rodgers is, is 15 and oh, in his last 15 December games. That's like, absurd. and even with this season that they've been having, he managed to hold on to that, that fucking record. 
and they still have a shot at being in the playoffs. I know. It's crazy. It is, it is crazy. It is he, crazy. He's no, still I take Aaron Rodgers. I mean, guys. hey, we got Brett Favre when he left you the Packers. You take Aaron Rodgers. You'd love Aaron Rodgers. He'd be fucking. <laughs> that dude still makes throws. Oh, There's no. Throw. No, yeah. There's that, a throw that's in the what I meant by game. I'll take him. I'm not trying to be the anti Aaron Rodgers guy. He he made a throw in Miami where it was like he was getting he was getting pressure and he like tiptoed outside and just fucking flung it up to a, it might have been Watson at the time but like man he has still got it I know it's been a down yeah, season for him definitely. to his standards but uh, you know his standards were back he's got a worse MVP. team around him too yeah yeah so and he's got a worse team around him. Like I said, I, I, I knew we weren't going to be able to help ourselves from talking a little bit about the potential quarterbacks know, for the Jets next year, but we've got so much time to do that. Um, Is there anything else, I guess, uh, you know, our, our Zach Wilson conversation kind of dipped in with the Jaguars game. Is there anything from both of those that you want to make sure we hit on before moving forward or how do you feel? Um, Not really. I mean, I I got what I had to say about the defense out there. I think they'll be fine. I'm not worried about it. I just thought it was interesting that it was kind of their worst game, but they were still able to, you know, hold them under 20 points. Um, You know, I think this is a good way to transition. We don't have to specifically talk about the Jets Jags, but like the running game was non-existent yet again. Yeah. Um, and I did kind of want to hear your take because the the easy excuse, you know, which is the one I'm kind of riding with, is you know these teams don't have to worry about the pass when Zach Wilson's out there because you see him miss throw after throw after throw um and so you kind of just think that's why we've been struggling in the run game so much lately um is that kind of where you land on it do you worry about the run game overall the last two weeks the Jaguars and the Lions gave zero 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 respect to Zach Wilson in like the most laughable way possible it was stacking the box it was like even if we get bit on play action we are not worried about you making a you know ripping us apart in, in you know deep to intermediate routes so like yeah when I when I take a look at the run game yes it's been unfortunate because you do need a balanced offense and and hopefully there's one that they can get back to with Mike White under center against Seattle uh, because that is a defense that does, you know, that's that's not perfect. And so there there are some holes there that the Jets can exploit. Um, but when you look at it, it's so crazy looking at this game because you're like total yards. Jacksonville had nine more yards on the game. Jacksonville had more turnovers than the Jets on the game. Time of possession, 32 minutes to 27. So really nothing too crazy there. The Jaguars, you know, I, I would have expected that to be incredibly lopsided. And then the fourth one, I would have as well. you know, first downs even. It was 27 to 18. So all that considered, it's crazy. I'm wrong. What do we got? I'm wrong. I'm looking at the wrong game. That's why I was like, this makes no fucking sense. Yeah, I was going to say, what was that I last year? Yeah, I hate when this shit happens. They always Let's do pause this our shit. Jets talk to talk about this. Blake and I have discovered this. When you Google like the most recent game, Jets Jaguars, what would you think would come up? Last week's fucking game. But it's always from like the year before or two years before. It's very annoying. I mean, maybe it's just based there on like, we go. It, like because you're right. Because as soon one. as I, as soon as I was saying that, you were I was saying, like, I was like they, 18 first downs. They, they turned the ball over like that. I, I was yeah, like zero yeah, yeah. turnovers. That makes no sense. Here, okay. So this, this, the ignore those last two minutes. I fucking hate ESPN. Why do they always do this shit to us? There's been like four or five times that this has happened to Bro, us. Bro, do you also. even watch the games? You even I watch did. the games? I know. That, and you know what's funny is like it's like I sometimes I miss them and I have to watch back later. I was I actually able to watch this entire one. It was miserable. Um, so Ugh, no. miserable. Let's take this back to the conversation about the run game. Ignore all that bullshit that I just tried spouting out to you. The Jets did 
get outgained. They turned the ball over more. They had 10 first downs on the day to Jacksonville's. What was the time of possession? 34 to 25. So a little bit uh, makes more sense that way. The, the Jags and the Lions point being is they gave zero respect to Zach Wilson uh, in the passing game, zero respect to the receivers as well, too. It's not like they we're missing guys at, at wide out. You know, they just were like, look, I, we don't believe the quarterback's going to put the ball in your hands or, or get you on time. So um, they sold out to the run game. I do believe that as a whole, the offensive line has been a, a, a little disappointing the last few weeks, um, especially against two two fronts that I'm not overly impressed with. Um, you know, the, the Detroit defensive line has had some guys, you know, has, has some young names that have come up strong and Jacksonville's got a couple of guys there too, that you like, but nobody, it's not like they're playing the 49ers or, you know, God forbid some, you know, some of these other great defensive lines, it wasn't like it was Buffalo or new England. Um, and yet they're still getting, getting to the quarterback pretty easily and really stuff in the run game. So, um, you know, like I was saying, Seattle is going to be one of those. I mean, it has to be a get right game. Obviously we're talking about all the, all the, you know, uh, Mar cards are on the table. That's what I'm trying to say. Marbles, cards, cards are on the cards. table. Cards are on like the table. We're all in. We're all in. And um, yeah, that's the one thing that it's like I the offensive line, regardless of who's at quarterback, and Mike White sh- being there should give more respect to the passing game, which will you know lessen up the load on this uh offensive line. But I still am a little worried as we head in and just saying like you know, Mike White needs time in the pocket. It's not like he's, you know, a quarterback that just can get it out in two seconds. He's going to need that. And so I think that uh, to be able to get that done, um, to be able to establish the run game early, the offensive line needs to step it up. Um, the running backs, I, I don't know. It's it's weird because Zonovan has had, you know, two really down games week to week, but that's also just the running game as a whole. So it's, it's kind of yeah. just, it, what do you make of it? Yeah, I mean, I definitely land, you know, like I said, where I I do think a huge part of it is just, you know, they were able to put seven, eight guys in the box and just play cover one or cover zero and and not really worry about it, you know, be in man coverage against our receivers, because a lot of times, even when our receivers got open, either the pass wasn't made or it wasn't made accurately. Um, The offensive line definitely has not been playing great, I think. that's been the other kind of big Twitter, um, like the popular take on Twitter. Maybe that's something we could do every week. Like what, what's the most popular Jets take that there is right now that, right. Well, cause people love to just like say the same thing over and over again. That's when I get frustrated when it's like, okay, there's just no way that four days later you think that's an original thought. Um, Mm. but, (laughs) but, uh, the big thing now is like Lake and Tomlinson is just getting buried you know, and he's been bad and he's had a, he's had a few uh, plays where like if you just just take that play and show it on Twitter, like it's just it's like, what are you doing? Yeah. Um, you know, and that's disappointing. But I do overall, you know, like the bad quarterback and Zach Wilson being out there really just accentuates all these errors. Um, and it's like, OK, maybe we're getting average aligned play, but it looks even worse because we're not able to get the ball out of our hands and things like that. Um, so, you know, I'm hopeful. I, I am optimistic. I definitely think the Jets should be able to get something going. And we've seen Mike White have the ability to, you know, run the game plan through his hands. So the Jets should at least be able to make them respect the passing game in a way they didn't have to with Zach Wilson. Um, but it is definitely like number one thing I'm watching 
and the number one just kind of like if we want to win these two games and make the playoffs like you have to have an effective run game you just do and not having it i mean even in the bills game and the vikings game where um you know better teams you could say there's reasons why we didn't and you know there were a couple big runs i think in the vikings game that made the numbers look a little better but you know in those games with mike white our run game was still not great um so so you do worry a little bit um and i think that's really just first thing to watch is are we going to be able to get this run game going because you know, you just need that and you need to be able to take the pressure off a guy like Mike White who hasn't played in two weeks, you know? I'm wearing my Brees Hall jersey as kind of an homage to this Jets running game because I'm hoping uh, in these last two weeks we can kind of play like, like you know, Brees is still out there. Definitely, yeah. I mean, yeah, so taking a look at this game as a whole, you know, upcoming with Seattle because obviously before we get to Miami, before we figure out this the rest of this playoff picture, like, you know, we, we have to take care of business in Seattle. And, and when you take a look at this team, it's funny because – there are so many similarities between the Seahawks and the uh, and the Jets right now. Not only, you know, both have lost. Did we say the Jets lost five out of the last six? Because the Seahawks have. So you've got we teams did. that started off the season hot um, with kind of by way of, of sturdy defenses and offenses that were getting by. Um, you know, Geno was having a really solid start to the season offensively. Um, you know, they had the run game and Kenny Walker getting along, I think about three or four weeks into the season. So you've got those two things going for them where they start hot. They've been cold. Um, you've got kind of bridge ish quarterbacks, player coaches. You've got the uh, running games that for both teams at one point led by rookies, you know, obviously Brees no longer available, but Kenny Walker has been taking care of business over there in, uh, in Seattle. And then you've also got, you know, two defensive stud rookie cornerbacks that played for the same team in Cincinnati too. So it's kind of funny looking. And then obviously at the same time too, you know, almost essentially Robert Sala can thank a lot of his coaching career to what Pete Carroll did in that Seattle base defense that is kind of taken over the league right now and kind of given him this catapult into this head coaching gig. So there's a lot of similarities between these franchises and what they're built around defensively offensively. I think that the jets are a little bit more up to date than Seattle is, but Seattle's got some good playmakers there. Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf at, at wide receiver. Um, Kenny obviously holding it down at uh, at running back as well. Too, you got Dwayne Brown who used to play for the Seahawks as well too. Now with the Jets, so it's it's cool to see as this pivotal matchup for both teams. Have you because... mentioned Geno Smith? Yeah. Oh well. Yeah, I, I didn't even talk about Geno. Yeah, of I was going to say that's the I, one. I talked about the bridge quarterbacks, and obviously Geno, of course, spent his time here and, and began his career in New York, and has had this crazy revelation of a season where he's now like, look, Seattle probably is kind of like with Mike White. If Mike White can carry this team a little bit further along here and into the playoffs, there's a situation both of these guys, after having kind of shaky starts or not promised starts to their careers land long-term jobs as starting quarterbacks for these franchises. So yeah, a, a ton of crazy connections here. Um, where do yeah. you take a look at this and, and everything I just said? Well, to add one more, uh, you know, just to make it a little personal. Oh, us pristaches, my family, you know, we're all Jets fans oh. from Cortland. We also got my sister out in Seattle. Um, yeah. So the Seahawks have kind of become our like de facto default number two team, you know, just because we're out there. Uh, it's kind of why I had such love for Russ, you know? Yeah. Well, well, there's another one that we completely <laughs> forgot as well, too. The greatest fleece of the last few years. Obviously, he won't be on the field, but Jamal yeah. Adams. Oh, damn. I haven't even thought about that. Yeah, that's hilarious. He's your boy. Um, yeah, when, wow. when Zach Wilson got benched, Jamal Adams was like tweeting and shit. It's like, fuck that, dude. I hate that yeah. guy. Um, but, you know, 
the thing with Jamal Adams is Jets fans love to like victory lap. He is like a good player. He just doesn't like thumper. provide. He's not like the like best player on the defense, but no, he's good. So that'll be interesting too. Um, wow. Yeah, a lot of lot of cross. I mean, this is a cool game. I I, I do think kind of like you said, it's it's. You know, you looked at when we were playing, say, the Jaguars or the Lions the past two weeks, and it was it was similar teams where, you know, half the season had been good, half the season had been bad, but the Jags and Lions were both kind of in the midst of their hot streak while the Jets were in the midst of their low. This Seahawks-Jets game is two teams who started off better than a lot of people expected, two teams that have completely, you know, fallen back to earth in the last seven to eight weeks, um, and... It's two teams where, you know, a win here keeps your playoff chance alive. A loss here doesn't. So which team is going to step up and be that team? Um, which one is going to be the, uh, you know, go through this season as being the better team, the more successful team, um, if you want to look at it that way, despite, you know, one being in the AFC, one being in the NFC. <laughs> I was just about to get into, like, actually thinking about the game, but I just it just kind of hit me. I very much enjoy just like the stories, the storylines of the NFL, you know, yeah. like, like we could talk about the X's and O's. That's always great. But it's like, it's, it's more interesting to just talk about like why this game is so hilarious and all yeah. these different, like interchanging parts. It's just, God, I love the NFL, man. It's super fun. Yeah. <clears throat> and it's, and it's a whole lot better knowing that Mike White is going to be under center for the Jets as oh, well. Oh yes. Um, yes. What, that was a great know. notification to the phone. Yep, exactly. And and the only thing is like you, you do hope he's as close to 100% as possible. You know, he was he was trying to get out there just at the very small instance he could get cleared to play. So obviously you want him to be as close to full strength and you know, hopefully we don't see him come in and take a hit early on. It's like fuck, he's still dealing with stuff. So got to make sure that yeah, the, the offense, offensive line needs to step up and hold its own because not only are you needing to establish a, another quarterback change, that's the thing too. You're you're dealing with the rhythm of a football team throughout the course of a season, and it's just quarterback, 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 just up and down play all year. Now you get Mike White back in there, so you need to establish a good rhythm. You need to establish the run game. You need to keep Mike White upright. That's a tongue twister. Mike White upright. That sounds fun, but uh, at the end, you're just you're like Blake, shut the fuck up. Um, no, 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 hey man, I'm into rhymes. I like but, tongue twisters. <laughs> but you know, at the end of the day, it's like you're he's cleared to play. Hopefully, we get good news as the week goes on that he is playing pretty close to full strength because that's going to be yeah. an important part of this uh, this whole piece here. No, that'll be interesting, definitely. And yeah, I don't think I don't know how far we discussed it. Um, I, and I don't know even really, maybe I just missed like when, if they ever explained it, my kind of assumption with Mike white was, you know, he had like this like hairline fracture in his rib basically where it wasn't to the point where anything was, you know, apart or seemingly broken, but there was a break. Um, that's kind of just what I assumed. I could be completely off base here. Um, so yeah, definitely. The the chance of re-injury is definitely there regardless, just because, you know, pain tolerance is going to be a factor. Um, but when we get into this game and we get into, you know, the matchups of it, I do think this is a game, you know, and here I am optimistic Teddy again, thinking the Jets are going to win. But <laughs> but I do think this is a, a game where we match up very well when you think about um, this Seahawks team. I mean, it's a team. The defense hasn't been great for a long time. The Seahawks this year were were the team where I was just taking the over every week because they had a pretty good offense and they were able to 
they just let up a ton of points on defense. I mean, last week they only let up 24 to the Chiefs, but, you know, and, and the week before 21 to the Niners, but both losses. And then you look before that, 30 to the Panthers, 23 to the Rams, 40 to the Raiders, um, 21 to the Bucks. Like, those aren't great teams or great offenses by any means, and they're putting up numbers on this uh, Seahawks defense. So, you know, I think the Jets should be able to score, should be able to, you know, again, this kind of starts with the running game, but I do just obviously have more confidence in Mike White in just making us an offense that can go up and down the field and score two to three touchdowns. Um, and, you know, our defense, I'll really, whoever we go up against, I'm going to be confident in our defense. And, and I think that we can, we have the, the, players to match up with you know dk metcalf and tyler lockett on the outside and to try to stop the run game on the inside um so i do see this as a as a game the jets should win um but you know we got to see them go out there and execute exactly yeah i i think in terms of the defensive matchup the last two weeks it was either a fantastic scheme and and one of the hottest play callers in the game right now and ben johnson with detroit that that you know and, and to all their credit, they held up pretty well against that that offense as well, too. And then the, the last week, you know, Trevor Lawrence is kind of making that ascension right now of like, oh, this is a legit dude. So when I look at Seattle, it's not like they have an elite quarterback. They do have one of the more bland offenses in the game. And that's something that, you know, Pete Carroll has always wanted to be a staple of his offenses. It's just we were in, win these gritty games where our defense does it and hopefully we can run the ball out, um, you know, until the clocks hit zero. So. In a way, these teams are, are like I said, we, we've talked about all the connections here, but they really are built to win football games the same way. Um, but you're right. This, I, you know, I'm, I would love to see the Jets get back to this. And we saw it a few times early in the season where it's like, let's just win this game to the fucking ground. You know, I don't yeah, want to have to put the load on Mike White coming back with a, a hairline fracture in his rib. Like, I just want us to dominate from quarter one, be the more physical team up front. This offensive line needs to get its shit together. And, uh, Hopefully we're 15 minutes into this one saying, okay, the Jets have a, a 10 to three lead or they're up seven, nothing. Now we can just sit on this run game. We can let the defense kind of space itself out. If the, if the Seahawks have to go into a pass happy to keep pace with this offense, I don't necessarily love their odds either. So I do think this is a winnable Jets game here. And, and, you know, we, we know that it has to be if they want to keep their season alive. Yeah, and, and you know, just to throw one out to kind of all the 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 Jets haters, and I say that not referring to other fans, but I mean to the Jets fans, Jets fans who just love to be in misery and love to complain. And you know, anyone who currently thinks Robert Sala should get fired is an idiot, in my opinion. Anyone who currently thinks that Joe Douglas should get fired is an idiot, in my opinion. Anyone who thinks Michael Fleur should be fired is an idiot, in my opinion. Um, thank you, thank you. But they have these past these past few weeks or whatever you know we haven't been doing as well we haven't been winning games and to some extent there's been this built-in excuse right of like zach wilson just cannot get it done i do think you know do i think even if we lost these two games any of those guys get fired no i don't but but i do think this is at least that opportunity where you know you want to see Mike LaFleur come out and have scripted plays that get us points on the first drive. You want to see an offense that, you know, with Mike White, with this running game, you know, you just figure it out. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, like we, I don't want to watch another game where this Jets offense can't get anything going. I want to watch a game where we look like a competent freaking 
normal offense, average offense at least. And um, I think that's kind of that opportunity where if the Jets go out and put up another stinker with Mike White, they're not able to score. They're not, not able to put up points early. That's where you can kind of start to criticize and be like, listen, we need to be better. We have to be able to score early, especially the way we're built with this great defense and, you know, supposed to be great running game. Um, so I think that opportunity is there for them. And I think it, it really just comes down to like, is this coaching staff is Mike white is, you know, is it, are they going to be able to finally just say, all right, we need to move on. We need to overcome this extreme adversity we've had with four losses in a row. You know, five weeks ago, I was sitting here saying we've yet to lose a game back to back. You know, this Jets team has fight. They come out and hit you in the mouth after they get punched, you know, and that hasn't been the case the last four weeks. So, you know, we have new life. This is an opportunity for the entire coaching staff, the entire players, everyone's being evaluated right now. And it's just so important. Like if this Jets team, if Mike White wants to be seen as a real contender to be the starter, you know, if, if Mike, if uh, Mike LaFleur wants to be this, you know, head coaching candidate, like you got to show that you can go out and get it done against this defense when it matters. We wanted meaningful, meaningful games in December. We got them. Let's go out and execute. And that's where the real, evaluation of this coaching staff starts you know and and do I think it's going to define it no but do I think it's the first opportunity to either add to their resume or add to their reasons why they should shouldn't be the guy you know yes I do I think these are the most two most important games since 2015 against the Bills and before that since you know the divisional game uh in 2011 that's really what what we're looking at most important game because two weeks from now won't matter if we don't win this week couldn't have said it better. Nailed it right on the head there, Teddy. Um, I, I guess I the last thing is prediction. What do you prediction. got? I can start well, off if you want, if you need a minute, but if you got it, you're good. No, I mean, you can go first. I, I, the only thing I was going to start with was just like, it feels good to make predictions where Mike White's the quarterback. And Zach I know, Wilson's right? The quarterback that gives I me know. a little more confidence to, you know, I like to predict 31 points for the Jets, but. Trying to think. You go I, ahead. I think, what do you think? I think I think last week I did predict that the Jacks were gonna win. I think I did say that. So. You did. I think I predicted I, that they, I thought the Jets were gonna beat the Lions, but also when we did I that predict, picked, we thought Mike White was still gonna be playing. I picked yeah, uh, I'm just trying I, to remember. I picked the same score as the Lions game. I picked 2017. And the you Jets, yes. the Jets yes. only got three. <laughs> yeah, Here's, and by the way, we didn't talk about this when we were talking shit about Zach Wilson. I just want to work it in. Um <laughs> Um, like it, it, what was so annoying was that like Zach Wilson did nothing. And the only reason we had three points is because they were handed to us. We yeah. got the ball on the 20 yard line on the first drive of the game and maybe gained two yards and kicked a field goal. So like we scored three points and it wasn't even, uh, uh, like scoring drive that Zach Wilson was able to put together. It was just hey, we'll spot you three points. And then we didn't score the rest of the game. Like, God damn it. That sucked so much fucking God. And then the other thing that I want to throw in there too, just because we didn't get to talk about it, yet again, another quarterback comes in and, and the offense has more life to it than it did with Zach Wilson under center. And this time a fourth stringer. Yeah. Yeah. Our boy, Chris Treveller. Um, And to talk a little bit about that, Okay, Another good. thing we didn't touch on <laughs> earlier. Um, 
the shit with Straveler is funny because I mean that it, it is so like like what's the word crucifying I guess that he got benched for a practice squad like fourth stringer and you go out there and you see you know Chris Traveler quick can't make NFL throws either right like he he had a couple ducks that were just lucky completions they weren't able to get it done he did have you know both his drives ended on drops which was unfortunate because they could have both kept going and could have both been scoring drives um, but they weren't but that's kind of what I was talking about with Zach Wilson where it's like Chris Trevler also doesn't have the arm to be an NFL quarterback. And yeah, he's got the legs, which makes him a little more dynamic and exciting. But what he was able to do was go out there and, and, you know, obviously they had a different package for him, which was cool to see. They, they did run design run plays, but when he was asked to throw the ball, you know, he made a decision and he threw it. And that's kind of what I was talking about with Zach Wilson, where he did just like, you're not going to be able to run the offense if you're not running the offense. Like if you're just not doing what you're supposed to do and not able to digest and make the read and, and say, okay, I got to throw it here now. Um, so yeah, it's I don't effort. know how we got here, but it's effort. Yeah, no, you're <laughs> right. Is. Okay. Let's it's effort. And it's just like lack of like being scared and being terrible. Lack yep. of being terrible. Exactly. Confidence. Poor Zach Wilson. Um, yeah. Poor me. Been- actually. I feel bad for me. That's what I feel bad for in all this. At least you guys have a good <laughs> team now. I'm I'm fucking four ten and one over here in in Indianapolis. So I know your team. We've, we've switched sure. places. All right, Teddy predictions. Uh, for those that uh, that love gambling, this opened up as Seahawks minus two before Mike White was cleared. Has now swung to the Jets minus one and a half. The over under is forty two and a half. Uh, which is actually very funny because before looking at that, my game prediction was going to be a Jets victory. I was going to go 24 to 20, but that sounds so high score. I'm going to go 24 to 20 Jets victory in Seattle. Keep the season alive heading into Miami. Yeah. You said the over is 42, 40. Yeah. 41 and a half or 42 and a half. Four, sorry. 42 and a half. Yeah. I, I do think this is going to be a higher scoring game. Um, at least on the Jets end, higher than three points isn't hard, but I do think even thinking about like the, the Vikings game and the bills game with Mike white, I think we're going to be able to do more um, than we were in those games offensively. I, I really do struggle to, to predict points being scored on this jets defense, just because they have been so solid. Um, I will go jets 28 Seahawks 17. Okay. Geno Smith throws two interceptions Jets win the game. How many times does uh, over under on how many times Jamal Adams tweets during the game? Is Jamal Adams hurt? I thought he was. I just assume he's perpetually hurt. Let me take a look. <laughs> well, that's when I was talking about him earlier. I I like it like crossed my mind. I was like, is he even going to play? Like, I don't I, I don't I'm think pretty he's sure hurt, he's hurt. I thought he is. Uh, Yeah. Quad injury. Yeah. He's out for the season. Yeah. Pussy. Never healthy. Um, how many times? Probably. I'm gonna set the over under at six, six and a half. Holy shit! Well, I guess I'm going under. I guess going six. Under. I'm gonna say he gets a seventh one out there. All right, that'll be fun. That'll be fun. Everybody at home, keep track of the uh, Jamal Adams tweets we get. Yeah. Can you believe the Jets blew it on another prime time game? Yeah, it's but it. Yeah, I know. But if you if you went I, into that game looking at the if you're just like talking trends like the Jags 
we're trending upward. The Jets couldn't have been trending more south. So, like, no, to me, true. I look at that. I don't know below it, but, like, yeah, it sucks that it was, like, their one game of the year where everybody's watching, and it had to be that. It yeah, and, and that's kind of my point is, like, if you, you know, if you take a step back, Jets could lose out, and you can still take away a lot of positives from this season, and you can still kind of say, like, we have young players, we have a good core, you know, we're going to have a pretty good team. But – What's annoying is we've had that type of season, despite the past few weeks, we've had a season where, you know, we have these young good players in Sauce Gardner and Garrett Wilson, and we've been winning games and we have a top five defense. And, you know, this did feel like that opportunity to kind of just like, okay, primetime games are the ones that set the narratives. They're the one everyone's watching. You know, most people are casual fans that's their one time of, of the season that they're going to sit down and watch an entire Jets game. And, you know, every year since how, whenever that primetime game has basically just been like, uh, Hey, everybody, the Jets are still an NFL team and they're still a joke and they're still not relevant. And even this year, when we're, we're trying to overcome all that, we go up and we, we look, you know, like I said, it was the most same old Jets we'd looked all season. We score only three points. Um, that definitely sucked. Yeah. <laughs> but um, we're in the playoff on we're on to next week. Yeah. You know what I was thinking is funny? It's like having two people host a show where they both have ADHD. It's like, how are we ever supposed to keep things on track here? I know, but I think that we, makes it we better, jump around. Truthfully. It does. Yeah. It makes it more fun. I don't keep know. You your, yeah. Keep you guys on your toes. Yeah. I think the people like it. If you don't like yeah. it, tweet at us. Give us yeah. some interaction. Well, if you don't like it, fuck you. No, I know, but I'm trying to get some haters because I'm trying to build oh, up our, we, we our Twitter need, interactions. We need, well, we, you basically called out all of Jets Twitter earlier to anybody that talks shit about solid Douglas or LaFleur because I agree with you. Those are a bunch of fucking idiots. Well, it's stupid. And then you, and then you see these like so talking dumb. heads. I forgot who I, I quote tweeted some of it the was, other day. Uh, it was Tiki Barber. Oh, yeah. You just see like these Come like on. analysts uh, and, and they haven't watched a game and, and it's like, like it's like you it's not surprising like these just because these guys are paid to talk about sports they're not watching every single game and they're probably not watching every single Jets game but it's just like you just if you think that the problem with Zach Wilson is that the Jets didn't fuck I keep knocking over my my mic um if you think that the the problem with Zach Wilson is that the Jets didn't like support him or develop him i mean it's just revisionist history it's it's look at the look at all the moves in the past two years the jets have made and look at how many of them have hit and been the correct move you can like we've we have given him that number one receiver you know we've given him a good running game we've given him a great defense and so it's just these people are stupid um and you got to stay level-headed out there. And what you also got to remember is, you know, there's a lot of people out there like us who aren't the people on Twitter just bitching constantly. Um, so, you know, just keep your head up, Jets fans. We're, yeah. I got a feeling we're going to get this done. But, we're, you know. the, we're part of the silent majority of Jets Twitter. Yes, I agree. I agree. No, I like to think right. I'm part of the silent majority on most stupid stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a good place to be in life just yeah stay quiet yeah. shut the fuck up it's like yeah all right well before before Let's that spins, before that spins off into like five different conversations thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of chasing 1969 at 
on Twitter at NYJ underscore Chasing69. Same as the YouTube Teddy at Teddy Hunt Show. I'm at Spring Blake with four A's. I appreciate you guys as always for listening, and we will uh, talk to you next week. Hope you enjoyed the Friday episode, and hopefully the Jets season is still alive the next time we talk to you. Peace. Please, dear Lord.